Hello and welcome for another evening live. Just checking that I've got the right audio set up, microphone set, camera set. Um, good evening. We're live across Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, and YouTube. As I published to earlier today, I thought I would go live eight o'clock this evening. So just checking that it, the live stream is coming through. Yep, it's there. Um, just popping up now. If you're joining me, thank you for joining me. Uh, let me know you're there. Give us a thumbs up. Drop a comment. Say hello. Uh, I'm planning on um, um, just talking on some kind of basic financial literacy topics uh, this evening. So rather than doing the lunchtime live that I have been doing over 12:30 on a Friday, um, doing it tonight instead. Uh, this topic, uh, something that's come up a couple of times in the last week or so on my uh, Instagram, Lawrence, if you're catching this, uh, you're probably prompted uh, this more than more than most uh, and a couple of other phone calls that I've had separately uh, anyway on the topic. So I thought I would uh, share a little bit about uh, about some kind of some basic financial literacy uh, things that you might have interest in or be able to help your children when you're having conversations uh, about um, about some of these things and they're asking about money and looking to start to invest or you've got some money and you're looking to start to invest uh, for your kids so a couple of people there on the live stream on linkedin uh, we'll get into it uh, as you are probably aware uh, i'm a dad i've got a couple of kids uh, they're probably a little bit too young to be um, you know, worrying about money and those kind of things, but I, I am making a concerted effort to just help them understand where money comes from. Uh, you know, we live in a world at the moment where uh, everything's touch and go, often with the phone, let alone a card, uh, let alone taking money out of the wallet and ATM. Uh, so some of these, um, you know, un understanding money and where it comes from, how we get it, uh, can be a challenge for for a lot of people uh, that haven't you know, haven't grown up with seeing seeing cash uh, around. Um, hi Graham, um, thanks for joining me. Uh, thanks for joining me. Good to see you there. Uh, yeah, you were part of the reason the feedback from from Tuesday last week. Uh, You're also part of the reason why I decided to uh, to do it on a of, a, of an evening instead. So I just wanted to start with um, looking at, I guess, you know, where money comes from and helping kids understand where, where the money comes from in the first place. So it's important that they understand uh, that you go to work. So as a parent, uh, you go to work, you have a job, maybe you run your own business, maybe you're an employee, but there's some work um, being done uh, and in return you are paid for that, paid for that work. Now, um, with all that's going on with COVID, uh, people working from home or some people having worked from home now going back to an office I think there's a lot of um, a lot of children will have an understanding of what their parents now actually do I know if you asked my kids they would say that I just sit in the, in the room next door uh, talking the whole time I just talk and talk and talk I'm on the phone and uh, for someone that would otherwise describe themselves as pretty quiet uh, fairly reserved even though I am going live across a couple of platforms at the moment um, yeah, for me to sit there talking all day is, is, is quite foreign. So anyway, we, this idea of going to work, um, I think something that we can look to, and this is just me getting thoughts straight in my head, um, is I think we need to understand 
or we need to help our children understand the different types of work or the different types of jobs that we can do. And I think in, in putting notes together for this uh, for this evening's presentation, I've got there's kind of three main areas I, th I think. So you're either going to be making something, so in manufacturing, either going to be uh, reselling something or or being of service to someone else. And so I'll just just touch on each of those. So in the manufacturing, you're using you know bits and pieces to assemble something to then ultimately sell so there's some sales involved there but you can work in manufacturing so you're making something to sell uh, you're working in uh, resell reselling so you're buying something that someone else has made and it's and then on selling that to someone else think, think of jb hi-fi for example you know they, they 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 buy some tvs that maybe samsung has made and then they on sell them to me to replace the tv over my shoulder here um, so you've got this idea of uh, selling something or, or reselling uh, and then the final one being of service to someone. So uh, providing a, a service to someone to do something that either they can't do themselves or they don't want to do themselves. So I guess in you know, the, the line of work that I do, I, I'm in financial advice, the provision of a service uh, that is something that you could well and truly go and do yourself. Um, you know, there's I don't have any access to anything special whiz-bang machines or anything that you can't do yourself, but uh, you know, through study and education and the like, you you build some skills, accountants, lawyers, all the same through to, you know, the person that can cut your grass. So could you get your lawnmower and go and cut the grass? Yes, but a service instead um, is having someone cut that grass for you. So they're the kind of, the, the I guess, the three broad areas uh, in which I uh, would be encouraging you to um, tell your kids about. Moving on from there is this idea of you know once once you know, your children are actually working, earning some money, getting some money from somewhere, some way, shape or form, uh, this idea of um, paying yourself first or saving or investing first, and there's a distinction between saving and investing, which I want to touch on, and I'll elaborate elaborate on that in a second. But paying yourself first, um, saving or investing, and then spending the difference so rather than doing it the other way around saying you know, i'm going to earn a particular amount of money i might get paid for my part-time job on a, on a weekly basis i'll spend something and then i'll save what's left over that that doesn't actually work in practice a lot of people say they're going to do that but it doesn't actually work what is better is to siphon off some money from what you've earned uh, for saving for investing again on elaborate on the difference there uh, but siphon that off first and then you kind of spend what's left over Looking at saving and, and investing, they're two very different things. So this is a, a, a topic that I would encourage you to try and uh, spend some time um, helping your children understand. Um, saving is just the delayed delaying of, of, of future consumption. So it's, so you're putting money away, saving money as as the, as, you know, the, as the word goes. But um, that's ultimately money that will be spent on something else. So you can earn money and spend today, or you can save some money and spend something into the future. You know, for example, when I had my part-time job uh, through high school and, and, and uni, uh, I was working at Kmart uh, under the age of 18. I was working, 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 saving, saving, saving to buy a car. Uh, not, not probably the wisest financial decision looking back in time, but but um, for me at the time, was it was an absolute necessity. So... That was, that was me saving up money for, to actually be spent at, at a point in time in the future. Very different to investing. So investing is the purchase of an asset, 
be it shares, be it property, be it you know, part ownership in a business, whatever it is, to benefit from the future growth in that business, the, the value of that business uh, and the income that that, biz that that business or that investment might derive for you over time. So that income might be used to fund consumption, but that income is is continual. You'll, if you, you know, in, bought a property, for example, you'll earn rent each month, month after month after month after month. If you've got some shares, you'll earn some dividends. You, you get the idea. So that's money that you're putting away that there is ideally no intent to sell that asset and then use that money for consumption, but rather you benefit from the growth, the appreciation of that asset over time uh, and, and, and or the income that that produces along the way which can actually go towards funding consumption. So a very big difference between saving and investing. They're not the same thing uh, and uh, and something that I didn't know uh, when as, as I was growing up, um, something that I've you know come to realise over time, but there is an important difference there. The next step when you move on to um, in investing, and, and there's a, a graphic here that I've grabbed from a, a financial planning colleague of mine. He shared on LinkedIn uh, he had it on his Instagram page as well, and I'll, and I'll post up a link to his page and tag him uh, afterwards. But I have grabbed this uh, this graphic to share here, which I'll I just want to bring up, and this helps um, with this idea of of uh, compounding returns. So, what we've got here on the screen is is this is this graphic that um, let me just make it a tad bigger. See if that comes up a bit bigger on the screen. No, that doesn't make too much difference. So, compounding compound returns is kind of this this wonder of investing, and uh, you know, you this this is the the one thing that if I can stress anything that you try to elaborate to your to your children or help them understand over time is this idea of compound returns. So it's this this graph here that you earn interest on top of interest on top of interest and that uh, that accelerates the uh, the accumulation of the asset base over time what's interesting here and you can easily re replicate this and rather than me replicate it myself i just grabbed the graphic and I'll, as i said i'll tag it afterwards um, but this is looking at two different people so investor one and investor two investor one starting at age 25 now the age is irrelevant but the time period here is 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 what's uh, what's the powerful piece so investor one starts at age 25 back here, sets aside $5,000 every year for 10 years through until age uh, 34 and then does nothing. $5,000 every year for 10 years and then does nothing uh, and assume that, that that investment earns a rate of 8%. Again, the interest rate doesn't matter. The interest rate on both investments are the same. The, the rate itself doesn't matter. You compare that to investor two, starts later, starts at age 35, sets aside $5,000 every year and does that for 30 years. So 65, 35 through until 65. And you'll see the results over here. The first person has only set aside $50,000, $5,000 every year for 10 years, whereas the second person has set aside significantly more. But you can see because of the power of compounding and time that... Um, they don't catch them. Eventually, if you kept going here, they get they'll, they'll get closer and closer and closer together. But you can see over this what's a forty-year time horizon, they don't actually meet. This graphic is incredibly important for highlighting two things: starting early, being consistent, but also highlights the compound returns. 
So if you can share anything with your kids, it's do it, start earlier, start sooner rather than later uh, in any investing that they're doing. Buy something, keep buying it, don't sell it, don't touch it, uh, and you'll be much, much, much better off for that in the future. So it's this kind of delayed gratification, delayed spending. Moving on from there, moving on from the topic of compound returns, the next area is tax. So I get this question a lot from clients. Um, you know, they're the clients themselves doing very well in their own right. We've got some planning underway for them. Uh, but often they turn to to say, you know, my children have got $5,000, $10,000, $20,000. They've got some money. It's come from somewhere. Often it's come from gifts. So, you know, um, uh, baptisms and christenings, bar mitzvahs, um, Christmas, all those kind of things, religious type events, birthdays. Uh, gifts from people, this money is accumulated, uh, and quite commonly parents setting aside some money for their kids to give to them at some point in the future. Might be $10 a, a month, $100 a month, whatever, the, the number doesn't matter. But but often, as I said, this, this conversation comes up that they've saved um, some money set aside for their kids and they're looking to do something more with it once there's actually a, a meaningful amount of money. First thing we need to understand is tax. Uh, and so uh, the tax system in Australia is quite, um, it isn't very generous to uh, people under the age of 18 minors for what's what's called unearned income. So if a minor has money in their own name and they earn interest, they earn dividends, they earn rent, uh, these kind of things, anything over about $400 um, is, uh, is taxed at the top marginal tax rate. This is some tax rules designed to try and stop the parents from distributing money or investing money in the in the kids' names, uh, and them getting the concessional tax rates on the on the on the first uh, kind of tax-free threshold and beyond. So it's to try and stop parents from sheltering money from their own names and having it taxed in the hands of their kids. But if the kids themselves have gotten money from somewhere, they've earned money and invested it, they've received gifts and they've invested those kind of things. It is quite, it's quite a penalty interest, quite onerous tax, uh, sorry, penalty tax, quite onerous tax treatment for anything that's unearned. So what we often do, what often ends up happening is that any investments that are being made for the children are actually held in the parents' names. Now, uh, if it's a couple, there might be one member of the couple's earning more than the other. You can look at investing in the younger couples, in the younger, uh, in the younger member of that couple's, sorry, the lower income earning member of the couple's name. You can be doing that. Um, the other, the other thing is using things like investment bonds, and, and there's, there's various structures and, and strategies available where you can uh, shelter earnings tax from. Um, from from some of these uh, from some of these accounts, but tax is a tax is a big issue. So if we're starting to get a reasonable lump sum of money, you know, a few thousand dollars, starting to do something with it, it doesn't take much for that to earn uh, this unearned income. Uh, and if it was held in the children's name, uh, there'd be penalty taxes to pay. So better that that is often held in the lower uh, income earning member of the couple's name if there is a couple uh, available to do that with. Then when we turn to the actual investing itself, so you look at you know, money often starts being built up in cash accounts. You might get adventurous into a term deposit or an online savings account, something like that. But particularly at the moment, interest rates are 
next to non-existent. You know, three-month term deposit rate, you get half a percent or something like that. So it's it's practically pointless having money sitting in those types of accounts for, for lengthy periods of time. They serve their purpose, but but not for what we're talking about here. This is where some of these uh, platforms that have become available, micro-investing, fractional investing, these kind of things, uh, some platforms, investment accounts that are now available uh, where you can, with very small amounts of money and very small regular deposits, you know, we're talking $5, $10, very small amounts of money, uh, you can actually be starting to uh, invest in share markets. Properties are a bit, bit more difficult. It's a bit lumpy. You need a whole chunk of money to do that. Um, but much smaller amounts of money on a regular basis. Uh, there's there's these range of platforms, these micro-investing platforms that are now available that you know, five years ago they didn't exist uh, where you can actually start to uh, get involved in the share market. Often the investment options are index uh, focused. So there's an, an index of the Australian share markets, an index of overseas share markets. Um, but that's okay for these types of uh, these types of structures, these types of investing. That's okay. Really, all you need is some market exposure. You don't need to be trying to beat the market. That's for another day. That's for something else. Um, if you're not aware, there's a fantastic podcast. Um, um, Glenn James runs called My Millennial Money. Uh, one of their episodes, episode 316B, so they have lots and lots and lots of episodes, but if you go back to episode 316B, uh, they do a deep dive into comparing the features and the costs and the benefits of four of these types of platforms that are available in the market. Uh, there's, a, there's an option from Comsec, an offshoot from Commonwealth Bank. Uh, there's an option from a group called Raise. There's an option from a group called Vanguard. Uh, and there's an option from another group called Spaceship, which came to market a, a couple of years ago with a super fund, but they now have a, a small investment platform. There's the four of those. I won't go into the detail around those, but uh, but they are four players in the market that fit very well in this space. Uh, you know What's right for you and, and what's not, have a listen to the podcast, do your own research, uh, but they are ones that can fit very well. So if you follow, the, follow kind of what I've gone through there, this idea of compounding returns uh, if you can help your children understand that from an earlier age uh, and get them saving so they earn they're investing some money straight away um, taking advantage of these compounding returns being aware of tax and, and the penalties that apply for unearned income for people under the age of 18 uh, taking advantage of some of these micro investing platforms that are available uh, where you can invest small amounts of money regularly uh, it builds the right habits, the foundations for them to then take on until later in life and hopefully set themselves up quite well for the future. That's all I wanted to cover today. Um, basic intro into financial literacy and some topics that may be of value to your kids. Uh, if you've jumped in and out, I will um, put this up on my podcast. I'll strip the audio straight away. Uh, this will be up on my podcast channel before I go to bed tonight. Uh, so you can listen to the audio there. Um, Graham, if you're still there, thank you for watching this far through. I think you might be the only one. There's only me and you watching on LinkedIn this evening. It's a whole lot quieter tonight than, um, than what it was last week. Um, so thank you for sticking with me. Um, that's it for this evening. Uh, I won't do a LinkedIn Live on, uh, on Friday at 12.30. Uh, hopefully look to do another one of these at 8 o'clock next Tuesday. 
but I'll put a post up so you know my movements and you can uh, tune in if you so please. That's it for me this evening. Thank you. Bye. some of that money that might be received from birthdays or Christmas parties, mitzvahs, those kind of things. Uh, so the range of topics covered here goes for about 20 minutes. I do use, I'll reference a graphic uh, that uh, a colleague of mine, uh, Chris Carlin, who runs a financial planning business uh, called Master Your Money. It's online, but he's based out of Geelong. Uh, I do reference a post that he had up on both LinkedIn and uh, Instagram. Uh, so check out the video or check out his pages for that graphic. Uh, it's about uh, the exciting topic of compound returns. So I hope you like this episode. Uh, there'll be more to come. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I really do appreciate it. Together, you and I, we've managed to get up to nearly 650 listens, which is quite amazing, getting there quite quickly. If you haven't already, it would be fantastic if you could subscribe to the channel and or leave a review. That would be greatly appreciated. And I uh, hope you enjoy the next episode, which will be out shortly.